Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. The thing that was to define those people as, as being God's people on the earth was the presence of the Lord. That was, that was the defining feature. That even more than that they would obey the Ten Commandments, as, as important as that was. Uh, that even more than obeying all, all the rest of the ceremonial law that he gave them that, that was also important, that, that defined how they would approach this holy and powerful, amazing God. Uh, it, was, it was his presence with them that would define them as, as being his. Uh, and, and so, you know, as, as I, I've been chewing on that, uh, it's, it's to be the same for us. It, it is. We, we are to be the, the people of God's presence. And, you know, that, that's true for us individually and it's true for us corporately. And, and the Lord gave me a picture this morning of, of sort of what, what is possible. Because what, what we have right now is is we we have uh, let, let me set the context for this just a little bit more before I share it uh, what what God's intent for each of us is 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 that each one of us be a bright and shining lamp and for for us to be people on, on the earth who are bright and shining lamps re- requires that the, the lamp of our spirit be, be filled with oil so that it's burning. And it's, it's when we come to the Lord that, that we, our, our lamp is lit And, and we, we need oil in that lamp for it to continue to burn. Otherwise, it, it becomes a smoldering wick. And, and the, the Lord showed me that when we gather together, when we come together, that, that there are a lot of smoldering wicks that come right here today, right now. And, 
And you, you come, we come, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm part of this, okay. Uh, we, we come and, and, and there, are, there are some who are bright and shining lamps. And, and those of us who, who may be smoldering this, this week, we, we touch the flame of, of those who are bright and shining lamps and, and we get lit again. And, and so, so there, there is a flame again. But what the Lord desires is, is that when we all come together, we're, we're all bright and shining lamps. And, and then when we come together, there, there is a flame. Because... We're, we're not just, uh, you know, wanting to receive from and, and, and grab some of somebody else's flame that, that they have been with the Lord to, to get. We're, we're not just trying to get some of theirs, but we're bringing something of the Lord with us. And... And and so this this is what he wants to do. Okay. So the the question I, I think you all like the illustration and 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 can grab onto this and and I, I see most of you are saying yes that that sounds great. Well, how how do we get there? Uh, because I. Some, some things that I have found over the last few years is uh, this, this has very little to do with how long you've been a believer. Because I, I have encountered people over the last uh, couple of years uh, who have been believers for many decades and they have no idea how to become a bright and shining lamp. They, they, they have no idea how to draw from the oil of God's presence for themselves. And, and to me, that is tragic. That, that means the church has failed uh, in, in their case, in, in its mission of preparing a people who are the Lord's. So the, the, the message that I have today, it's, it's, it's all about uh, becoming a person who is a bright and shining lamp. Uh, it's, it's about becoming a a person of the presence of, of the Lord. Your, yourself and, and myself. Because I, I can't wait to see what it's going to be like when, when we all come together 
as a hundred people who are bright and shining lamps and, and see what God will do. I, I can't wait to see that because that, that is his desire. That, that's the reason that he's given us this vision. Uh, he, he doesn't want a, a small campfire when we gather. That, that sometimes that's what it's like. He, he wants a bonfire because he wants the city to be a, a light on a hill. And, and a, a campfire is, is not a, a great light on a hill. So, you know, this, this, this really... The message for today, it, it really is the next step from the one that we had last week. And, and last week, uh, we, we heard a, a really great message about what it means to walk in the Spirit. And, and Leif Hetland, uh, we, we showed a video of, of the message. We didn't have him personally with us, but it was the next best thing. And he talked about the three chairs. Uh, in the first chair are, are those people, and I think the next slide maybe. Do I have that? Yeah. Go back one. <laughs> you had it for just a second. There we go. The first chair are, are those believers who are, are spirit-led, spirit-filled surrendered people. Those are the ones who are the bright and shining lamps. In the second chair were people who are also believers, but as, as Jesus shared in the parable of the sower, the, these are people who the cares of, of this world have kind of taken over priority. And, and they, are, they are living out of their old identity. They're living from their old nature. Living out of the soul rather than out of the spirit. They're usually either controlled by their intellectual mind or they're controlled by their emotions. Where the people in the first chair are, are led by, controlled by the spirit of God within their spirit. And then in the third chair are, are those people who have not yet been born again. They, they don't yet have the Spirit of God dwelling in them, so the first chair is not even yet an option for them. Actually, the people in the third chair are not that great a hindrance to the kingdom of God. It's the people in the second chair who are the great hindrance to the kingdom of God. And Joy heard a, a story from someone uh, this week who, who had heard the message, and uh, this person shared, yes, it's, it's those people in the second chair who kept me out of the kingdom of God for a very long time. Because they, they used the name of Christian, but yet they were no different than I was, and I was in the third chair. And, and so 
what they had was, was not appealing to me. And it wasn't until I finally encountered someone who was in the first chair that I saw maybe that there really was something to this Christian life. So I, I would say the message for today is it's, it's about staying in the first chair. It's, it's about being a, a person who is a bright and shining lamp. And, you know, that, that glimpse, that, that picture that the Lord gave me about when we come together and, and we all ha are aflame with him and, and the, the bonfire that, that will be created, it, it's, it's really what Paul was describing in 1 Corinthians 14, 26, where, where we have one of the few brief glimpses of what corporate Christian life looked like in, in the first century. And he said, what, what shall we say then, brothers, when you come together, everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation, and let all these be done for the strengthening of the church. Is there, there's, there's something, and, and we, I mean, it, it won't work to, to have everybody do something every week when there's 100 or 200 of us. But there, there's a deposit of God's Spirit in each one of us through which He wants to bring something for everybody at least once in a while. And... I, I've been struggling with the, the wineskin of, of our current expression of, of the church for, for a few weeks as well. Because, you know, what, what we're producing in, in this wineskin, this, this way of doing church that, that we, we currently have, it... It's, it's not producing what the New Testament says it should be producing. In, in our country, it's, it's producing a, a, a lot of consumers with, with smoldering wicks and uh, unsure of their connection to the head and, and unable to even access things from the head for themselves. Uh, and brothers and sisters, th this should not be. Every, every one of us should be equipped and, and able to, to draw from the resources of heaven for ourselves, for our family, and, and be able to do that on behalf of other people out in the city. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, if, if every 
believer in, in the church of Cheyenne was equipped to do that, this would be a very different city. So, you know, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm only responsible for, for us. I'm not responsible for the whole body of Christ in Cheyenne. But, but I am responsible for where we're at, at least partially. Uh, we, we want the Lord to build the house. Because uh, if he doesn't build it, we, we labor in vain. I labor in vain. But we, we need him to build the house. And each of us is a living stone in that house. And we, we are a living stone as long as our wick is at least smoldering. But the, the Lord wants us to be living stones, not stones that are on life support. So, the, the message that I have for us today, it's, it's a, a bit a challenge uh, and, and hopefully a bit of equipping because I, my, my heart's desire really is, is that we would all strengthen our connection to the head, that, that we would all be equipped to, to come in into the peace and rest of God for ourselves. Because once, once we can get there, that's, that's really the beginning. But, but we have to get there. And so, um, probably the, the main text for my message today is, is from Hebrews chapter 4, because I, I believe that it's, it's both encouraging and, and challenging. And, you know, I, I have to share at least one more thing that, that struck me out of Exodus, and and that was in Exodus 20, where, <laughs> where the, the people had, they had seen the thunder and the lightning on Mount Sinai. They, they had heard the voice of the Lord. And, and they said to Moses, uh, you talk to God for us. Okay, because this is too much for us. And, and I'm telling you, that, that was not God's will for them. And, and there's, there was a big, or there, there is, there, there's a big portion of, of the church in, in America who, who wants to operate that way. You, you, you let the leader 
talk to God, and, and he'll, he'll bring you uh, what God says. You know, whether you call that person a priest or whether you call him a pastor or whatever you call him, uh, that, that's not what God wants for his people in the new covenant. Okay? And it's, it's that very idea that leaves so many of God's people on life support. Because they, they don't, maybe they don't understand that they can go to God for themselves, or maybe they don't understand that they have a responsibility to go to God themselves. And maybe they don't understand what a great blessing it is to come to the Lord and enter his presence themselves that, that is available to all of us under the new covenant. Because when, when Jesus was crucified, what was one of the last things that happened that day? The veil separating the holy of holies from the holy place in the temple was ripped. And, and this was some thick fabric, I'm telling you. And it was ripped from the top to the bottom. Because God was opening the way for every one of his people under this new covenant that Jesus had just established with the shedding of his blood. He'd open the way for every one of us to not just come into the outer court, which is where the Gentiles were stuck, and not just even to get into the holy place, but to come into the very presence of God. And when the high priest would come into the Holy of Holies once a year, it was a big deal. Because he there had to be sacrifices to cleanse to atone for his sins. There there had to be sacrifices to atone for the sins of the people. There, there had to be, he, he had to be clean in conscience, which is why they would tie a rope around their ankle, because if, if they went in there in, in presumption, thinking, well, I, I'm okay. And and went in and, and, and died in the presence of God, they'd be able to get him out of there without anybody else having to die by going in there. So, th this is what's available to us now. Now, back to Hebrews chapter 4. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, 
Let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. And and this this is this is Paul's exhortation. He says this is important for for every one of God's people to to be able to enter this place of rest and and there's there's only one way to enter that rest in the presence of God and it is when you're completely surrendered and you're not holding anything back from God. Because if, if you're not at that place of absolute surrender, you, you can't rest in the presence of God. You want to get out of there. Because the one thing he's going to put his finger on is, is that, that thing that you're holding on to. And, and there will be no rest until that thing is surrendered. And, and that's why Paul says, be careful that all of you enter this place of rest. Or he says, be careful that you don't be found to have fallen short of this, because if you have fallen short of this, there's something wrong. For we also have had the gospel preached to us, just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them. And he's, he's speaking of uh, the people in Exodus in the Old Testament, the ones who, after they had scoped out the promised land and the spies came back, remember two out of the twelve said, this is great, let's go for it. And they were the two that had faith, and the other ten, remember, said, no way. And the, the people agreed with the ten, and so this, those are the people that God is talking about. They, they heard the message, but it was of no value to them, <clears throat> because those who heard did not combine it with faith. They were moved by what they saw as reality rather than moved by what God had said. They, they were moved by perception rather than trusting what God said. Now we who have believed enter that rest just as God has said so I declared on oath in my anger they will never enter my rest those are those people from Exodus and yet his work has been finished since the creation of the world for somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words and on the seventh day God rested from all his work and again, in the passage above, he says, they shall never enter 
my rest. It still remains that some will enter that rest, and those who formerly had the gospel preached to them did not go in because of their disobedience. Therefore, God again set a certain day, calling it today, when a long time later he spoke through David, as was said before. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. <clears throat> so, he says, make every effort, and, and it's, it, it's kind of a strange play on words. Make every effort to enter the rest. What, what he's saying is, by all means, don't miss out on what God has called you to. This rest. Where, and, and, and the rest is chair number one. And the lack of rest is chair number two. From last week. Because when you're sitting in chair number two, it's, you, you feel like your, your spiritual condition before the Lord is based on what you're doing or not doing. And you, you have to do something in order to be accepted by God. And if, if your emotions are telling you you're not being accepted by God, then you have to do more. And, and you end up on a treadmill. But in chair number one, you just rest. Because it's all about what Jesus accomplished for you. And you're just receiving that. Just receive that right now. Just receive. There's, there's a taste of that rest right now, if you'll just take it. Just, just receive that. The, the Spirit's just resting. And, and so just use, use that spiritual muscle and just receive it. And just ah yes hmm. so <clears throat> there's there's more <laughs> it's, it's increasing because some of you are drawing on it <laughs> so if you haven't started start Hmm. 
There, there was a little mistake in the message last week. He, he was talking about Abba and the first breath. What that really is, it's Yahweh. Breathe, breathe in, Yahweh. Mm. This, this is what our life is to be about. Making every effort to enter into that rest and to stay in that rest. Uh, if you've ever read the book Practicing the Presence of God, it, it can be done through all of the mundane things of life. Because God is, is with us and he will never leave us or forsake us, but there is a responsibility on our part to be conscious of his presence or, or to be present to him in whatever we're doing. And, and when we are present to him in whatever we're doing, whatever we're doing becomes a sacred thing. Whether it's cooking dinner or changing a diaper. So <clears throat> there's another little passage in Hebrews 10 that I, I want to share with you before I give you some tools. And this is part of what I was talking about earlier. Hebrews 10, starting in verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. And the writer of Hebrews understood all of the symbolism of approaching God through the Old Testament ways of the tabernacle, the temple, and sacrifices. And it was very significant that the priest had to be literally washed with water before he could enter, and there had to be blood sprinkled so that he could enter the most holy place. And, and Jesus did all of that for us so that we, every one of us who has been born again, we can enter the most holy place with confidence, 
that's absurd is, is the only word I can think of. That, that we could do that. But, but we can. It's, so, and it's not because of anything that we've done. We, we can't earn it. It's all about what Jesus did for us, what he accomplished for us so that we can enter with confidence. And, and so, <clears throat> so, so far I haven't shared with you anything really new or groundbreaking uh, to, to change your, your own ability to connect with God personally, to keep your lamp filled with oil, to daily come into his presence. And, and so, so here is some, some instruction. See, God created each of us uniquely and individually. He, he has wired each of us uniquely and individually. And what works for me probably won't work for you. It may, for some of you. And what works for you may not work for me. But through the centuries, the people of God have, have developed ways of connecting with God. And, and there will be a couple, two or three of these ways that work for you. You've you got to try them. But here is the deal. These spiritual disciplines, they're, they're often called, they, they, can, they can become a, a lifeless exercise. They, they, can, they can become uh, just work. But that is not God's intent. God's intent is, is that these things would be pathways for his people to connect with him. And the first one is, is Sabbath. Hopefully you, you got the idea from Hebrews chapter 4 that when God gave his people the gift of Sabbath as, as a wedding gift at Mount Sinai, that they would only have to work six days and the seventh would be, it would not be a day of recreation. It was, it was a, a day dedicated to the Lord. It, it, was, it was a day set aside for seeking and connecting with the Lord. He, he gave them a whole day to become bright and shining lamps.
Because the, the other, the thing that's very true about these things is they don't very often work on a schedule. Okay, God, I've got 10 minutes to read the word. I want to meet with you. Yeah, probably not going to work so well. <laughs> Would probably work better if you did it at the end of the day when your time could be open-ended and you could just fall asleep while you're in his presence. That, that would be good. So these, these other things. Fasting was never meant to be a way of earning anything from God. Fasting is, is always about preparing our flesh, getting our flesh, our, our body, in, into a better condition to, to hear God, to receive from God. I, I love how Mike Bickle calls it voluntary weakness. Because that's what it is. God, God is strong in our weakness. So if we choose to make ourselves weak to meet with him, he's going to meet us. And, and prayer, prayer. Now that, that is for all of us. But what if we spent more of our prayer time asking God what he wants? and less communicating to him what we want. It's, it's to be two-way communication. Reading, studying, meditating on, on the Word. Uh, this is another one that's for all of us. We... We so often can, can receive revelation as, as we're reading, studying, meditating on the Scripture. The, the Lord will just bring something alive, and all of a sudden we, we have a deep understanding of what He's saying, and it's because He just dropped it in our spirit because we were taking the time to be with Him. And, and that's how we come to really understand the Word. And that's how we draw life from the Word. Worship. Worship is, is about us ministering to the Lord. It's, it's about us communicating our, our love, our devotion to him it's it's about us declaring how great and awesome he is and the thing is that when we do that when we minister to the lord then he ministers to us that, 
when, when Joy and I first discovered that we could actually connect with God in worship, our, our lives were set on a, a different path. Nothing was ever the same again. As when, when we started actually connecting our, our heart to God's heart in, in worship, uh, we, we, we had to have that. And we, we had to have more of that. I had to learn how to play the guitar so I could worship God anywhere. And, and I've taken worship of the Lord to some really out-of-the-way strange places in, in this state. Uh, courtesy of the Department of Transportation. Thank, thank you, John. <laughs> but the Lord has that for us. And, and I, I included evangelism and serving because, you know, we had a great block party yesterday. We, we had plenty of volunteers, and I, I thank everybody who came and, and volunteered um, it was not one of our bigger block party outreaches, but still some people's lives were touched for eternity. And that's, that's what it's all about. But when, when we serve together like that, and the power of the Holy Spirit is released, there, the Lord builds community that is, it otherwise it just doesn't happen. And evangelism, when, when we share the presence of God and, and the good news of how good God is and how much he is for people, we meet God. And he, he fills us just as when we're serving. You know, I, I noticed that the people who were at the outreach serving yesterday, everyone that I noticed who came in today, they were bright and shining lamps. just what God does. We obey him and he says here <laughs> take some of that. <laughs> Be filled. Because that's the way God fills. We, if we pour out what we have then he delights in filling that back up. But if, but if we just sit there all the time, you know, it slowly evaporates. But it takes a little more effort to get that filled. 
Anyway. I'll close with the example of Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10. I, I have always thought previously that there, there has to be a, a, a point of balance here between Mary and Martha. I'm not so sure there is anymore. Because I, I really think that if we all just decided that we were going to be like Mary, the angels would probably take care of anything that actually had to be done. I really kind of think that's true. So let's, let's look at that as we prepare to minister to the Lord. And I... You know, I hope I've given you some, some more vision and tools to, to keep your own lamp filled with oil today. But it's, you know, we, we kind of have to understand this in, in light of the upside-down kingdom that we're a part of. It's, it's that... If we want to be filled, we got to pour ourselves out somehow. Whether that's... And, and see, I, I want to give you a vision for individual worship time at home. Do, do it. We, we have worship music uh, streaming in our house 24-7, all, all the time. And I, I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to, to find some worship songs that, that really, where your heart is touched as, as you minister to the Lord with those songs and, and get those songs and, and do it at home. And, and pour out, minister to the Lord at home. And, and, and let your reading of the Bible be interactive so that as, as you're reading and, and there's, there's a promise that you come across, ask the Lord, Lord, I want that. Make that true in, in my life. And as you, as you see something that he's wanting you to do, say, Lord, bring that about in, in my life. I, I, I want to be obedient to you. So, so show me how to do that. And, and don't let it just be reading words on a page. Let it, let it be interacting with the creator of the universe who, who just so 
wants your heart and your time. So this, this short story about Mary and Martha, and the worship team can come up here. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. That's an extremely powerful statement that Jesus made. Only one thing is necessary. Only one thing is necessary. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all the other things will somehow be taken care of. Are you ready to fill your lamp with oil? Father, we thank you for your goodness, for your patience, your mercy. Lord, release hunger and thirst. Release vision for being a lamp filled with oil. And bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen.